the Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week we'll be talking about our first impressions of Fantasy Flight Games co-op card games, The Lord of the Rings, Arkham Horror, and Marvel Champions. With FFG's new distribution models, it has never been easier to get into these games. But is it worth the effort? But first, as always, the thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Uh, if you joined us this week for our live Zoom recording, Monday nights at 8.30. Sorry about that. Um, we're not recording Monday night at 8.30 this week. Uh, that's in the past, though. So bygones and stuff. We have one audience member. Well, welcome, Christopher <laughs> Dong. Because we decided that we were going to record on Sunday. Stop After bragging, last Chris. week's show. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. But typically, you can join us at 8.30 Central Time Monday. Uh, let's see. This week, we talked about uh, gunfire versus fireworks, uh, free-range eggs versus non-free-range, and then whether or not... Well, there's a lot of things. Anyway, um, yeah, happy you Memorial Day. You want to Day. know what I think you should buy at Costco. <laughs> Join yes. our live audience. <laughs> it really is riveting. Um, but yeah, Kitty's so it's Costco the reason of next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a change in our schedule due to Memorial Day, which is a U.S. only holiday, as far as I know. I think other countries have similar things, but um, for us, it is a chance to celebrate basically everyone who's ever died in defending our country, or um, it just in general. It's it's kind of one of those days, but it also so it is like the start of summer. So there's there's multiple things and things are all messed up. And everyone's taking no turns on board game arena because <laughs> it's Memorial Day. Although I do blame John for most of the games Called I'm waiting on. on air. I know. Hey, I've been doing one a lot better. You've been doing great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got I a lot of text messages on Friday from Chris that were just wine glasses and houses <laughs> and sad faces. The please take we, your day. It's just an entire emoji conversation of guilt. <laughs> we were making really good progress on Viticulture <laughs> and Welcome to, and now both of those are hung up on John. So hopefully John's fine and just went away for Memorial Day for his family. I'm sure he's um, just hanging out with his family. Yeah. But um, that's what I'm assuming has happened. Uh, so, yeah. So, I've gone through withdrawal a little bit on BGA. I twitch a little bit. I've been playing some Draftosaurus, which is an interesting little roll-and-write dinosaur placement game. And just when I thought it was over, there was a second round. I'm like, but I won the first round, and now there's a second <laughs> round. So, there's that. But, yeah. So, that's that's what I've been up to. What have you guys been up to? Um, Spencer's in the... Um our old neck of the woods tonight and or today and tomorrow. So overnight tonight. So this is my first and by night. neck of the woods. You mean these cement woods with all the, yeah. <laughs> Chicago buildings. Yeah. He's going to be in your area tomorrow. You should hit him up for lunch or something. Um, I'm not sure. He might have plans with um, his friends to eat at a Brazilian steakhouse. Now that I remember, but um, also Spencer, Spencer and Fletcher can't be in the same place. That destroys my, ability to um so it's yeah it's it's just me and the kids and the dog alone with the ghosts as christopher so kindly pointed out (laughs) and i've been watching the new season of stranger things which um has been great for living in the new house um 
once it's been a while and everyone has caught up on that show, I can talk more about that. But it, for now, just yay! <laughs> no, you'll be getting a glimpse into your life. <clears throat> um, I realized I didn't have a key for our front door, and I couldn't lock it for a while. And then I was like, I had to like rummage around in the office, and but I found a key. The doors are locked. Yeah. Obviously, you don't need to lock your front door. Out. <laughs> um, it you know, it makes me feel better. <laughs> Just I've got the ghosts it. locked in here with me now. They are there to protect you. Have you watched <laughs> the sitcom Ghosts? No. There's a sitcom it's, called Ghosts? Yeah. Basically, the premise is um, this couple moves into this house, and then she has like a near-death experience, and then she wakes up and she can see all the ghosts in the house and stuff. It's I've only watched one episode because they did an episode where the ghosts were playing D&D. With the with the living boyfriend or husband, I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't watched it, but and she was like the go between between the ghosts and the boyfriend, even though she didn't like like I was like I don't want to play D and D. He's like yeah, but the ghosts do and I do and we're gonna do it and you're gonna anyway. So I watched that. Um, it's an interest. It's a sitcom, and I haven't been into sitcoms for a long time. But um, yeah, the D and D one's worth watching. All right. Yeah. The same. Noted. Go- it, ghosts are friendly. So Fletcher, you're the reason that we changed our day. What oh, are you it's up my to? fault? Yeah. Um, so tomorrow, Monday, Memorial Day, um, I have tickets to a doubleheader at uh, Wrigley Field to watch the Cubs play. So I probably will not be done um, watching the game by the time we normally record. So we're we're recording today on Sunday. And even if you were, you will have drank in so much warm beer that... <laughs> <laughs> we would have to do a drinking games episode to make it all work. <laughs> Maybe we do that anyway. Hmm. Yeah, but the beer that you get there is just, you know, your normal like Bud Light. And it's doesn't. I thought they had old anything. style there. <laughs> That's their I mean, whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Whatever they have. I mean, I think they offer some, you know, higher, <clears throat> higher alcohol beers. Maybe you can but, get Bud Light Lime too. But you see, the thing <laughs> is, you can't, you don't want to drink a heavy beer, especially in the sun watching a baseball game. Especially if you're going to go to two baseball games. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be feeling great and you're not even going to remember what happened. So water and near uh, beer. It's baseball. Nothing happens. Oh Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are tomorrow. There's a parade in the morning that I, I told Cynthia, I'm like, there's a really good chance that I'm not going to want to get up for that. She's like, okay, I can just walk them down. And it's really just down the street from us. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I'll sleep in. Uh, but we took them to like one of the, like, the uh, parking lot carnivals in one of our malls. And so we oh went on a God. few rides there. It was, it's one of those things where when you have kids. Do you it, hate your children? They become, yeah, they become more interesting than, oh, wait, how much am I spending to I literally spent $5, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but it was $5 so he could go down a slide once. See, this is when you tell <laughs> I, them that they went to Disneyland or they went to Disney World already and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they had a bunch of fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. But I got myself a corn dog and I was happy about that because I like corn dogs. Uh, and there was a few other rides that he went on that he really enjoyed. I'm like, okay, those were those were fine. But... Yeah, so we did that. We spent this morning. He still has all his fingers and toes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This morning we went to Sydney's friend's house that we haven't seen in forever. And they have um, two kids that are similar ages, um, four and 
two and a half, I want to say, uh, versus R3 and one and a half. But uh, we were playing in the backyard, and all of a sudden the sun starts coming in. Um, you know, we're in a shaded backyard, and then as the sun rises, and and I look over, and Becca's basically just wearing a swimsuit with no suntan lotion on, as white <laughs> as could possibly be. And I'm just like, we're that's that's going to end up being bad. That's going to end up being bad. And we didn't do anything about it until like another. 45 minutes later and then we put suntan lotion on her and it was like 10 minutes later we went home and i was giving her a bath tonight i'm like yep yep there's the redness uh so we're gonna do topless pajama day today and it's like 80 (laughs) degrees in their room and so hopefully kids are funny though because they can get like injured and they cry about it for about a minute and a half and then like "Eh, there's nothing wrong with me like all right so we'll see how tomorrow goes they also sometimes get like a minor injury and they're like, that's it. That's my whole day. I'm done. I yep. will not do anything else. I got a splinter and I am not <laughs> going to be agreeable for the next 26 hours. Oh, kids are human beings. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw some other stuff in there. Um, so last week we talked about the fact that I was going to send you guys Marvel Champions, and the Lord of the Rings living card game. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And you guys, I think you both had it by Wednesday, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, it had shown up. I think we got it. Uh, I can look back. I thought I I received mine on Thursday. Let us us check the records here, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. And and just so everyone knows, it's Sunday night that we're recording now. So just to give you how much time has passed since it arrived. As you're checking those records... Kitty, yours was very easy to find. I went on to Amazon, click, 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 updated your address, and boom, it was on its way. I think yours might have arrived after Fletcher's, maybe a day after Fletcher's. Yeah, Amazon uses uh, the actual postal service up here. I got it on Friday. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Everything is a day slower than it would have been. Uh, I got mine Thursday. Okay. So it was the other way around. So Fletcher, the reason you got yours on Friday is because... Marvel Champions is incredibly difficult to find. It wasn't in stock. I had to go to four different sites before I finally found like a place where it was in stock. And I'm like, is this a shady site? Uh, it might be a shady site. <laughs> it, has, it has a shady but, name. <laughs> what was the shady name? I think it was called Game Nerds with a Z. Okay. game. Now, Game Nerds is fine. That's a sponsor of the Dice Tower. Um, but yeah, Game Nerds. And so I went to Cool Stuff. I went to uh, Miniature Market. I obviously went to Amazon. And I thought there was one other place. And I'm like, I'll check Game Nerds. Because I didn't check it because I figured it would be sold out there first. Um, but no, they had a copy. So that's why you ended up being able to get it. I didn't quite believe you that you were going to send me a copy. Um, and then when I got an alert through my UPS app, that was like, your order from Great Game Nerds is arriving on Friday. And I was like, <laughs> what? What is Game Nerds? I haven't ordered anything. Yeah, so Chris just sent site, me a like, text oh. message that said, you have a package. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and there, there, in fact, I did. Also, we, are, uh, we got a new TV, and that was delivered that day. And I was like, wow, Chris is psychic. He knew the TV show. <laughs> oh, wait, there's another box here. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I get notifications from Amazon when something's delivered. And, like, your package is delivered. I'm like, hey, Kitty, you got a package. So, but yeah, but I what basically what I did is I split it up. Um, I own Marvel Champions. I obviously own Arkham Horror, which I'll talk to Arkham Horror. I do not own Lord of the Rings anymore. I did buy the core set at one point, 
but I never got to the point where I even tried to play the game. And what we're going to talk about today is the first impressions of the new revised core sets for Arkham Horror and for Lord of the Rings and Marvel Champions, which sort of follows this this model anyway. They just did it about a year earlier than the revised of the other ones. So we're going to talk about our impressions of that core box. Um, But first, I want to do a brief history of living card games. We've done an episode on it before, but I'm going to talk about FFGs, Fantasy Flight Games, um, living card games, because I find it interesting what we're going to end on here. So when they first started out with living card games, this was a solution to collectible card games. You don't have – it's not – nothing to chase. You buy the pack. Everyone has the same cards. Um, it's a cheaper model to get into because, you know, you don't have to buy a whole bunch of cards to find the ones you want. And this made sense for a little while until about a, two years goes by And then you find, oh, wait, if I want to get into this game, I have to buy everything that's ever been released. So the games that no longer exist in the living card game format, Netrunner, ended in 2018. They lost the license from uh, Wizards of the Coast, so Netrunner went away. This was a dueling card game. Star Wars. Um, They haven't lost the license to Star Wars. It just wasn't a very successful one. I actually really like Star Wars, the living card game. There were major flaws in the rules and like how how the the like just how it flowed, but there was the core gameplay was actually quite fun. I own two copies of everything for this game because Sydney and I really got into it, and I wanted to have two copies of everything because there's two of us. Um, there's a couple Warhammer ones: Warhammer Invasion, Warhammer Conquest. Also, dueling no longer exist. One went away. Warhammer Invasion went away in 2013. Warhammer Conquest went away in 2016. Game of Thrones first edition. Went away in 2015. Game of Thrones 2nd Edition, which I own a single copy of everything, went away in 2020. Legends of the Five Rings just recently went away. And I miscalled it Cthulhu. Um, I didn't even know this game ever existed. And I don't know if it's a co-op or competitive, but whatever it was, it went away in 2015. The only current living card games left from Wizard or Fantasy Flight Games is Lord of the Rings, Arkham Horror, and Marvel Champions. Every single one of those games is co-op game. Thoughts? Like, like... I know that you guys probably haven't played any of those, but just the idea that the only thing that's actually survived is the co-op games. Interesting, uninteresting, obvious? I think it makes sense. I I think that's the way a lot of the game industry is going, is co-ops are more interesting to people, and especially in these kinds of games where you are taking on a scenario. Scenario-based co-op games seem to be really popular right now. And I don't know if it's going to stick around or not, but you'll see it not just in card games, but in tons of other kinds of games. Go on Kickstarter right now. I don't even know because I stopped covering it for (laughs) Dice Tower News. So I don't know what the hot thing is anymore, but I'm sure there's like... There's probably a good percentage of co-ops. There's a couple different... (laughs) co-op scenario based big box games with tons of miniatures in them and it's and i bet that you can play all of them solo and that's what's nice about these co-op games is they're also very easy to modify into solo games yeah in fact i would argue and most people would agree that these games even though they say they play up to four players are best at two or one and are miserable at four Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about why 
in a second. But Fletcher, do you have any thoughts on why the co-op games have survived and all the competitive ones have failed? I don't really, because I I don't know why that would be. I would assume that it would be like kind of 50-50, but maybe that's just kind of like what's in vogue right now and what people want to play. But I would assume that it would be an even split or that competitive games would have an edge. Um, Maybe that's just because of the time frame I grew up in in the early 90s where, you know, you had Magic the Gathering and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all those other different like battle card games. Um, So I would assume that that's what you would still have. One possibility is if you're in a competitive game and say, um, say the Game of Thrones card game, which made its made its run it had it has a ton of expansions it was well received people typically liked it it was when game of thrones was hot on hbo even before the you know last episode of the last season the if you were getting into it late the only way you could actually be competitive is you had to actually buy everything and this could you could be easily dropping five six seven hundred dollars which is nothing to a magic player. Like they'll do that no problem, you know, buy a few bo- booster boxes when it comes for out. But the thing with magic when you do that, you can take the cards you're not going to play with, turn around and sell them on the secondary market and make a lot of that money back. Where with a living card game, none of these cards are worth anything because all of these cards are worth the same thing. So I I think that there's like this point where a living card game in a competitive format just doesn't make sense anymore because you can't bring in new players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I also think there's more competition between the competitive games and collectible card games versus the living card game. They're up against games like Magic the Gathering, which is still going strong. Tons of people play it. It has a huge following. You know, if you're going to play a dueling fantasy themed card game why would you you know spend five six hundred dollars getting into game of thrones when you can and like try to find someone to play because like there's not as many people playing that game anywhere you go any game store you're going to be able to find someone to play magic with you immediately like it just is they're probably there right now yeah they're there (laughs) um yeah. Yeah. Which leads us into why, you know, the co-ops, you don't need to find someone. Like you mentioned earlier, you can just play them. So I, I've mentioned a new distribution model um, a couple times now. I want to cover the old distribution model first. And I probably should have mentioned this at the top of the show instead of 20 minutes in. But um, <laughs> if you've never played a living card game from Fantasy Flight, you've come to the right spot to understand the options out there. If you have, great. You probably already know all this, but you don't listen to us for content because seriously, we're just hilarious and fun people to listen to, right? Um, They're just here to hear what they should buy at Costco. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yes. So, but the old distribution model, and this was something that started in the competitive realms. What would happen is you have a core box. This This is the box you buy to get into the game. So if you're looking at something like, um, and actually I'm going to talk to the co-op versions that we're talking to right now, mm-hmm. but Lord of the Rings, here's your box. There are some scenarios in this box. These are the things that you're going to build a deck to go against. And inside of that box is a bunch of different player cards that allow you to build a deck. 
typically, and I don't know about Lord of the Rings, but I'll say to Arkham Horror, Arkham Horror, the building rules are you can have two of any given card. Well, the core box, the the early, the first core box, only had one of every card. So if you wanted a full set of cards that you could build with, you had to buy a second core box so that you could have two of each things to play with. Now, the problem with that is you have to buy two core sets. And the other problem with that is you're building decks that have like one of each thing. So you don't have a lot of consistency. You don't have a lot of quote unquote good decks. The Marvel Champions then, oh, actually, all right, so that was the core box. Then you would have these cycles released. So you'd first have the deluxe version, like they call them deluxe boxes. That was the start of a cycle. And then you'd have six packs that would come out every month after that deluxe that was part of that cycle. All of those combined created a full cycle. So you had seven different SKUs, seven different products that you had to buy for each cycle. In a competitive model, you had to buy all of these things to keep up. Even if you didn't want you know, all of the cards because you didn't play a particular faction or whatever, every pack came with a couple cards from the faction you did play with. That was just how that worked. Now, something like Lord of the Rings, which um, I want to say started in 2011, has Good. been out for 11, 11 years now, right? So it has so much content. That if you wanted to keep catch up on all of this content, you would have 11 years about probably, and, and I don't know for sure, but like 20 cycles, which makes for times seven is like, a, is that really seven times two? Is that 100, 140 products that you'd have to buy? I don't think it's that far off, honestly, which seems daunting. I remember last time we talked about this, I don't remember what episode it was in or why we were discussing this, but I just started adding everything I could. I just went to like Cool Stuff Inc. and started adding stuff to my shopping cart. And it was thousands of dollars. Thousands, like I want to say like $2,500 to buy everything that was just available that day, which was not all the stuff that you could get. It was just what they had in stock to it's, get into it. It was yeah, even Arkham Horror, that's only been around since 2016, has, I think, eight different full campaigns in that same model where you're seven, again, seven products per cycle. It is so many products. And then you have to find them. And it's just, it's daunting. Like, where do you even begin? So, and not to mention like standalone scenarios and all of these other things. So then Marvel Champions comes along. And. First of all, it's Marvel. I almost want to do an episode <laughs> on Marvel games because I think there's like 675,000 of them. Um, I think Marvel <laughs> will literally just give anyone a license. Being, here you go. Yeah, no, here, here's another one. Here's another one. And people just keep buying it. I don't know. But Marvel Champion said, okay, the core box is going to have a full playset of cards. You're not going to have to buy another core box and you'll have a full le- – in, in Marvel Champions, it's three cards um, that you can put of each type. And here's a full set. And in Marvel Champions, when you opened up that box – and the other ones were like this too. Um, you had decks for different whatever characters were in there already pre-built. But the Marvel Champion decks were actually pretty decent. And then each pack after that was released was a full deck with a hero. 
if you want to play the Hulk, you buy the Hulk deck. And that's all you needed to buy. You didn't need to buy 15 other characters if you just wanted to play the Hulk. If you want to tweak your decks, you're going to buy more stuff. And most people who are super into Marvel are buying everything anyway. But you don't have to do it. And you don't feel like you're missing out. Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings recently, as of within the last year or less, I think, um, for Lord of the Rings, they've just revised the core. For Arkham Horror, they've revised the core and the first two campaigns. As of this recording, I think the second campaign is out now. And now... When you buy your core box, you have a full playset. The cards in the box are put together in a way where it's easy to just get started. Just unwrap this particular deck and follow pretty pretty straightforward rules. We'll find out what Kitty thinks about Lord of the Rings and what Fletcher thinks out about, <laughs> about Marvel in a minute. Um, and you just start playing. And then for Arkham Horror... There are two SKUs that come out per cycle now instead of seven. And one is here's the campaign and all the scenario cards that go with it. And here are the player cards and the investigators and the player cards that go with it. So if you just want more content to play against, you buy this box. If you want more content to build decks with, you buy that box. Again, you might buy both, but that's still a whole lot easier buying two things than seven things. And... So that's where we're at with the current distribution models. And the reason I say it's easier now to get into this than any other time, because I would recommend, I love Arkham Horror. It's, again, top five games of all time for me. I would not recommend anyone buy any product that is not the revised sets. Just wait until everything comes out. Buy the revised sets. Don't buy anything else um, that are part of those cycles. There's... The return to stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, you can get that. But I, this isn't a buyer's guide. It's just to say, hey, if you want to check out <laughs> any of these games, buy the cores. They are good. And they are there's enough in a single core box that will let you know whether or not you like this game or not. So that said, you guys have Lord of the Rings, Marvel Champions. Kitty, let's start with you. You have Lord of the Rings. You sent me a picture with you having I it. Do. And you and you've told me how much you love this game. You got this core <laughs> box. I have never seen this this revised core. Fletcher's never seen this revised core. Many, if not most of our listeners have never seen this revised core. What do you think? How what what happened? Like what's your experience with getting this box and opening it up and checking it out? I have some ASMR of the box. You can hear the box here. Um, <laughs> That's <pretty good. laughs> So, it had more bits than I was expecting. I don't know. <laughs> um, I hadn't ever like focused in that much that like it, it has so many cardboard pieces I had to punch out and it had these dials that I had to assemble and my fingers will never recover from these <laughs> dumb plastic pieces that I could not pull apart for the life of me. And I shot plastic pieces all over my living room and made my child retrieve them for me, which he thought was just the funniest thing in the world. He is so into this card game. I tried to learn this while my daughter was napping. And my son was like, yes, when are we going to play? And I'm like trying to read the rule book. I'm like three pages into this rule book. And he is like, <laughs> let's get this on the table, mom. Um, so I started in the learn to play book. I got through setup and started reading the section on gameplay and was like, 
I need to see someone do that. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, so I immediately just put it back in the box and walked away and watched um, a 10 year old video from Watch It Played that is the same as it is today. It, it was the same first scenario that was set up. And they have, so the decks that come in the, um, starter set here uh yeah just i'll note just for a second the revised cores they don't introduce new cards new scenarios um there's a couple sets that have like revised art i know the arkham horror has like revised like five pieces of revised art on the characters but just so people know these revised boxes are the exact same things as if you had already bought everything you don't need the revised but if you don't already have them, you're not missing out on anything if you have the revised. So that's why your Watch It Played was just as valid today as it was 10 years ago. Which is great. I love it. Because that was part of the, you know, I was having like the big barrier to entry. I didn't know what to get. I didn't want to have to buy it all. But getting this box, having it just show up at my doorstep was a really, really great way for this to come into my life. So it came with four different decks that are like, pre-made basically so it tells you like take these heroes make a deck with them use the cards numbered this to this with these three heroes there's your deck and there's a leadership deck a tactics deck a spirit deck and a lore deck and Uh, in that those decks are already put together for you right they're shrunk together so it tells you to make it but it's already pre-made them for you no sort of okay so the cards just come in numerical order so all okay. of the heroes come at the front, so you'll have to pull the heroes out. But then they're basically numbered. So there's four shrink-wrapped... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little horse here. <clears throat> <laughs> so there's like four packs of cards, but there's more than just like the decks in those cards. So there's basically two of them are the good guy cards, and two are mostly the bad guy scenario cards. So the first two decks are basically in one shrink wrapped sleeve with all the heroes. And then most of the other hero cards are in the next shrink wrapped pack. And then you have to open the other ones to kind of get to the scenarios. And once again, all the scenarios are kind of in order. So it's like, take these cards, this through this, this through this. And, but then the uh, event cards, I think, I don't know. The There's campaign cards. Yet. Nope, not even there yet. Oh, you haven't got there yet? Okay. <laughs> not even... I, I can't even with a campaign at this point. Um, the quest cards are like the hero card kind of equivalent. Like you don't shuffle them in. Your quest is like four cards long and that's what you're trying to get through. That is the scenario is made up of quest cards. And each quest card pulls in a certain number of event cards that come with it. So you basically, when you're playing, you have your heroes that are always out. You have three cards that are your heroes. So this is going to be um, Aragon, Theodrid, and Gloin are the leadership deck. And that's how it comes, is it's just leadership and all of the cards associated with them are leadership. And the way the game kind of works is you have to, um, when you're playing a card from your hand, you can only pay with the resources from the matching kind of hero type. type. Yep. So when you're playing a leadership deck, 
all of the cards are leadership. You can pay with whatever resources you have. But if you want to, you can mix and match. The only rules for deck building are uh, it is three of a card. You have to have 50 cards and you can't have three of any given title. And you have to have... More than three. You can't have more than three. Um, and you have to play three unique heroes. And if you're playing with other people, you can't all play the same heroes. You have to play unique heroes for each multiplayer game type thing. So that's it. So you can mix and match them, but you have to know that one of your heroes has the symbol that you can pay their resources to play the card. Now, the core box, though, like I said, it does have put these cards together to create this deck. Put these mm-hmm. cards. So you have four different decks that you can build out of there. You don't need to do any deck building or anything like that. I was going to say, you don't have to build them. You just have to pull out the cards that are numbered this through this. The deck is mostly, like, it is made for you. You just have to get them out of the, where they are held in the order of cards. Because they are in numerical order. It's super easy. Now, the storage... Is the box, and this was a big thing with, you know, the earlier versions of this too, is the box wasn't very good at storing cards. Is this box a storage solution as well? And I'm looking at it, you're showing it on the camera, but... So currently, it has the two decks with a bunch of cardboard so that they're sitting, I don't know, not the way you would think they would go, flat. They're sitting flat in a nest of cardboard. But if you take all this cardboard out and stand them up, there's a lot of room for more cards in here. Yeah. And and so the boxes, the new revised boxes, are a storage solution for it. And that's the same for Arkham Horror. It's also the same for Marvel Champions, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so you have not played an actual game of this yet, right? I set up a game, and I took the first half of one turn. Okay. That's it. That's as far as I got. And then I watched a whole series of videos. I didn't just watch, you know, like how to play. I watched a whole watch it played. I think it was like 13 videos long. That, that's a lot of videos. Um, so my they're question They're 10 years to old, you. so they're only like 10 minutes long each. Because that was the attention span okay. people on YouTube have. Oh, they, yeah. That was, the, that was the algorithm back then. Yeah. Um, so is the game... And this this goes to two things. Number one, I'm going to ask two questions. One, the core box, I, and you didn't pay for it, and I actually have no idea. I don't remember how much it was, but it's <laughs> it's board game price, right? It wasn't. It didn't seem crazy high. Um, it wasn't crazy cheap, but it was board game price. Is the core box opening it up? Do you feel like, hey, this is a substantial game, and like this is something that I'm I like? And B, are you driven? With your love of Lord of the Rings and your love of board games, are you driven to actually play this game? Or are you still to the point where it's like, there's just too much here. I'm too overwhelmed. Like, it it doesn't seem worth the effort. I am 100% going to play this game. Because honestly, after watching it played (laughs) and seeing how it goes, it's not that difficult. It's hard to describe in words in a book how to do certain things that when you see someone do them, you're just like, oh, okay, that's how it goes. Like, that's what that means. And having read through the rules and then watched it played, I am so excited to get this out. Like, if we were not recording this podcast right now, I would be playing this game right now. Like, well, I'm excited to hear that. I, and I'm so curious now, I kind of want to go back and look at Arkham Horror again, because you hand, and I feel like you handed me this game with the wrong attitude. 
this was so <laughs> far back in our podcast. You, <laughs> this was for our two player games Valentine's Day episode, the first year Arkham Horror. that we were. Yeah. So I literally I handed it to her and said, "I this game is too complicated for me. Figure it out. Be yeah. my Valentine." <laughs> so yes. So this was before. So Chris had bought the game. Tried to play it, didn't even learn it, didn't like it, hadn't gotten into Cthulhu at all yet. He handed me this game and was like, you figure it out. I hated it. Spencer's going to hate this. I don't know. I don't get this at all. (laughs) That was the attitude with which I was handed that game. And I also feel like Fantasy Flight hadn't really nailed down the like. So like when I opened my box today, it had, this is where you start. Learn to play. This was on top. I opened it up. It was easy. That box, and I don't know if Chris had reorganized it or what it was. I picked up the rules, and the first thing it says is like, "Don't even read this. Don't, yeah. don't start here. Go pick up the other book." I'm like, "Okay." So I go pick up the other book, and it's like, "Let's start with the lore." I can't. <laughs> I'm done. Oh I can't. my gosh! And then every YouTube video I tried to watch, there was no watch it played, which not yet. I, you know, Rodney. Is, and, is, and you're talking about Arkham Horror best. now. but yeah. yeah, so Arkham Horror, there was no watch it played. And every video I watched started with like um, like deck building. You didn't get to just like pick this up and go. And that was something that was really nice. And I was able to skip the setup video of watch it played because I had already read those. I felt good about my setup. And when I started watching the gameplay the way he had set up his board was exactly how I had done it. The, the rule book was very clear on it, super easy. It was only the mechanics of how certain things worked. The language, I don't know if it was just to me or if it's, I don't know. But it was a little vague in certain ways. Like, I wasn't sure if I could pay for certain things with certain kinds of stuff. And um, like the whole, can you pay for a card with different heroes? Or does it have to be one hero pays for the whole card kind of stuff was very... It gets addressed later in the book, but if you're trying to just like take a turn based on the rules as written in on that one page, it was a little bit like, I can't figure this out quite right. And I could have slogged through it. I could have done it, but I had a four-year-old in my yeah, lab. Yeah. He wanted to touch everything. And you have everything. resources. And I have yeah. resources. And so I sat down yeah. and my four-year-old sat in my lap and he was a little under the weather today. So this was not typical behavior, but he sat and watched Rodney Smith play the Lord of the Rings card game for like an hour with me. And he was like, what's he going to do now? Is he going to defeat that spider? And I was like, I don't know, bud, let's find out. (laughs) And it was great. It was very fun, relaxing afternoon. (laughs) So I'm super excited to hear how your first couple games go. I will say um, for the Lord of the Rings and we'll end, end it here, but, um, the co- revised core is out. They will be releasing revised sets for some of the cycles. They are not going to release every Lord of the Rings cycle. There's just a ton of them. They're going to pick some that are the most, the best performing and they're going to release those early. They may eventually release all of them depending on how the sales go. But so they've mentioned that they are going to release additional cycles for Lord of the Rings. But all I, was say, of, like, I think there's like, already one available for pre-order that I was seeing here. Yes. Yeah. Not but that I looked. All, <laughs> right, but all of the other cards, like 
like I said, it's nothing new. It's just repackaging and it's a new product. So everything for Lord of the Rings is still valid. I mean, they're the identical card. So you could go out and buy the traditional cycles, but I wouldn't. I would just say, okay, I'm going to play this. And then when the next, you know, revised set comes out, I'll get that. And when the next revised set out, I'll get that. And it allows you to easily get back, you know, to kind of get into the game without feeling like I have to get everything. Mm -hmm. So. Speaking and this was having... fifty six dollars. Yep. Looking at the Cool Stuff Inc. page currently, that's what it's. Which so which for is that a very value, reasonable price for a board game. Super reasonable price for all of the gameplay that I am seeing here. All right, Fletcher. Let's talk about your experience. Marvel Champions shows up surprise because you didn't think it was actually going to be there. Um, you got it on <laughs> Friday, which was two days ago. Um, how did you approach this? whole thing um kind of similar in the way that kitty did so i first thing i did is i was like okay let's just see like like how to play video how to play marvel champions great it's like an eight eight minute video how to play i start watching that and i'm like i have no idea like what they're doing here like they're going too fast i don't understand what's happening this is not i i have like no context of like what's happening so i i like Halfway through the video, I stopped. I stopped the video. I was like, all right, let's go to the instructions. Oh, they have a reference guide and your kind of like your first game book, like your tutorial book. Great. Read the tutorial book. And a lot of the same things that Kitty was saying, like it's hard to describe. Like there's some rules that make sense, but then there's some rules that are like, it's very difficult to describe like how the rule actually works without seeing it. Because I was reading, I was reading all these rules and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then when I, so I was setting up the game and everything, I'm like, all right, let's play like my first tutorial game. I like flipped the first card and then I was immediately stumped on like what to do. Pretty much. <laughs> I was like, yep. wait, mm-hmm. how, how does this work? And then I'm like going through the guide. I'm like, uh, okay, how about I'll watch it played. So I watched a 32 minute <laughs> watch it played tutorial guide. Um, and then I was actually like playing along with the guy. I'm like, okay, okay, I see what he's doing. Okay, I can do this. Okay, and that's pretty much what I did for my first game, um, and that was that was very helpful. Now I don't know how long the Lord of the Rings games are, but the Marvel the Marvel games, especially playing one player, it's pretty short. You can get through it in like you know ten to fifteen minutes once you get going. The, um, yeah, Lord of the Rings is a little longer. Not, not so for Lord of the Rings, from what I can tell. <laughs> Obviously, the, uh, my first game took took quite a bit longer. But then, like, my second game, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Um, the rules are organized in a kind of a strange way. And basically, I was just following the rules of what the guy did on the video. And I'm like, I'm, assu- I'm taking this as canon because it's hard for me to, like... <laughs> decipher this rule if i can actually do it this way. i even tried googling a rule and i couldn't really find anything about it so i'm like all right i'm just gonna say that this is how you do it because this is what the guy is doing you're playing by um, yourself you know like who's right. the rules judge will descend from the sky and yell at you <laughs> no that's not how you do it <laughs> um so i played the tutorial and I-, I want so the tutorial is spider-man versus the rhino uh, i won that game this tutorial and i'm like okay i'm gonna play this game again same setup same everything and see how it goes again uh and i won that game and i was like okay cool let me try um still spider-man i'm gonna try ultron 
I beat Ultron with Spider-Man. I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of like getting the hang of this. And now I'm going to try Captain Marvel versus, um, not Ultron, um, Rhino. Uh, and then I beat that one. I think watching this guy play, he kind of gives you, he doesn't really tell you what to do, but he's just showing you what he's doing. And he's like an expert, expert player. So I like picked up a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have realized Mm -hmm. early on. I'm like, okay, I could probably go to the next difficulty with some of these bosses. Now I haven't actually done that. Um, cause I was just kind of like learning the rules and everything, but yeah, that's pretty much like my first impression. That was over two days. So I played the first two games on Saturday and then two games today. So, and that starter box has four different heroes. Um, I want to say Spider-Man, She-Hulk, Captain America, and Captain Marvel or not Captain uh, America. It's Captain Tony Marvel. Stark. Tony, uh, yeah, Iron Man. Um, and it has three um, villains, Rhino, um, Ultron, Ultron, and is Red Skull in that one? Uh, you know, no, he's in a villain. he's in a campaign later. Um, uh, there's there's three different bosses in there. If, uh, yeah, there is. I just don't remember the other one because I didn't I, yeah. I didn't uh, go through it. So, but you were actually able to get through four full games. Yeah, and they go pretty quick. I was just playing one player. Um, and once you kind of understand the rhythm of the game, um, it doesn't take very long. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's actually not too bad of a time of like a time commitment. It's not like, oh my gosh, it's going to take forever to set up this game. It's going to take me an hour to play this game. No, it's like about 15 minutes or so. Yep. And it's one of the things that I think people like, it's definitely in the pro column for Marvel champions is it's easy to set up and it's relatively fast to play single player or two player at four player the game can take upwards of two plus hours and i I think the game overstays its welcome so i mentioned very early earlier in the episode that these games are essentially solo or two player games they scale linear linear they get linearly linearly that's that's the word i'm looking for (laughs) um with like the time because you are all taking essentially you're all taking your full action turn and i think it, between i think ahead. it actually scales geometrically because you <laughs> you have one person right and then you had two people so it's like okay twice the time but really it's almost like four times the time because then the hero the the villain also has to act two times one per but that's player. still double that's still double, but I, I agree with you in that there's also now the communication and coordination aspect, the more players you put in. Right. So that's double, but then when you get to three players, it's like having six people playing instead of just three. Yeah, it's it is a it gets really big really fast. Uh you can go ahead and do it. And I've played I just actually this a couple days ago we finished a three player Arkham Horror campaign. It's not a campaign, it was just a single scenario. It took us three and a half hours to finish this scenario. None of us realized the time was going by. At the end of this, this is like a Thursday night. We finish at 1.30 in the morning and we're like, <laughs> holy cow. Like none of us realized how much time had gone by. But And this was with the session zero. So I like I had Jen and Sydney build their decks and then we played. How did that go? Was it a good idea? Um, was I right? It wasn't. So I set it up for them where I'm like, okay, here's the hero you're going to play or the investigator you're going to play. And then here are all the cards that are possible for this investigator. Pick 15 of them because I only gave them one copy of each thing. I'm like, pick 15 and then we're just going to double that deck. So they were able to build their deck in about 35 to 45 minutes. Um, The decks weren't 
fantastic, but they were good enough to mm-hmm. play. And then they knew their decks. Um, but they were there was a really good baseline because now it's like, okay, now we can just tweak these decks a little bit. And I did go through and I'm like, okay, maybe not this one and this one. Let's put this card in instead because it'll do this. Um, but for the most part, it actually worked out pretty well. And they were both very adverse to building decks in the beginning um, at all. And at the end of it, it's like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I still rather play the game than build decks, but I'm like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Um, but let's, so speaking of deck building though, Fletcher, let's talk about deck building with Marvel champions. Did you get to those rules? Uh, I didn't actually do any of like the custom deck building. I just tried the different heroes with like their default standard kind of deck. So the deck building rules in Marvel Champions go a little like, so in, when you're talking about Lord of the Rings, the deck building rules are no more than three of any card. In Marvel Champions, it's also no more than three of any card, but you're going to pick, you're going to pick a hero and that hero comes with 15 cards. You're then going to pick an aspect. And I think there's aggression, leadership, um, protection, and something else. Um, they're just four different colors. Once you pick that aspect, you can take any cards from that aspect and put them into your deck up to three of any particular card. And then any, all these games have like neutral cards that you can just always include. Um, the deck building because of that, just kind of like pick a hero, pick an aspect and put them together. The deck building is pretty straightforward. It's easy enough, but now there's so many cards out there that if you pick the aggression aspect, you could have a ton of cards. Um, we'll get into like why that doesn't matter as much for Marvel champion in a second, but there's, there's still a lot of options. Um, when you were playing, did you think that, you know, it's like, well, this deck's okay, but I wish it did this thing or that thing, or this is a useless card or whatever. Like, how did you feel about the decks in general? Um, there were a couple of things where it's like, yeah, I've never, I never needed to use this card. Um, there's a couple in particular that I'm thinking of. Every time I got this card, I'm like, well, now you're just a resource card because I've never really needed to use you. Um, there's one that I like wanted to use. But there was never really a good time for me to use it. So it was almost every time I drew it, it was always like, okay, this is another resource card. Um, but for the most part, I thought the cards were pretty good. Once I understand, once I understood how to use them, um, I would say for the most part, for the cards I played with, most like the majority of them were useful. Uh, I could see if I was a newer player and I didn't actually like watch that, you know, how to, how to, uh, like, let's play video the how to win videos guy (laughs) right (laughs) guy showing you like all the all the master moves and everything like i definitely probably would have used a few of those cards or something because he kind of threw in some strategies along the way um one thing i did kind of kept fouling me up i guess is that the hero card is kind of overloaded in terms of state that i (laughs) can be in and I found myself having trouble remembering what I had done and what I could do with the card. Because normally, at least when I was playing Magic and a lot of stuff, um, you have like a normal state and then you have like a used state. So you like tap the card, you like turn it sideways. Like, okay, I've used this card. Um, there is that state on your hero card, but it can also be there's two sides of the hero card. You have your alter ego, which, you know, Peter Parker, or you have Spider-Man and the card can be flipped upside down and you can do that once per round. You can be, you can flip it from Peter Parker flipped, to Spider-Man. Flipped or Spider-Man over, not upside Parker. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
you're flipping it over, but it, it's 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 a two sided card. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like a special ability on each side that you can use, and some are on for Spider Man. It's like an interrupt. So like when an enemy does something, you get something. For Peter Parker, it's kind of like a free action that you can use once. And I found myself trying to track, like, okay, did I use this action yet? I, I forget. Uh, wait, did I do this? Did I need to tap the card? Did I flip it over already? Oh, do I, I should put I should put a token here to remind myself to use that I use this thing. Oh, I flipped it over. I guess I did need to remove the token because I can't flip it back. But I need to put a token here to remind myself that I flipped it over, and I can't flip it back. Yeah, I've I actually, totally overloaded the number of states that card is in, and yeah. I would lose track and it's not even like that card because you're right so there's this aspect of you can flip the card once so you can change from your alter ego to your hero or or vice versa you can do that once per turn there's abilities that you can only use once per turn and then there's abilities that exhaust the card and yes all of those things can exist at once and it it, it can i agree it can be a little confusing on there um you can my my final question the card just to give a simple example, you can exhaust a card by using an ability on there, then use the action that's on that thing that doesn't technically exhaust it. Then you could flip it over and then yes. you could use the ability on that side of the card all while the it card sounds, is quote unquote exhausted. Yeah. It sounds complicated and it is at first because it it's very confusing. Eventually you're like, okay, I'm just going to use my little marker so I know if I flipped the card or done all these things. Um, is the game something that you want to keep playing? Would you go out and be like, oh, I really want to play, you know, Doctor Strange, and I'm going to pick up the Doctor Strange deck and try it against these villains? Or I really want to do the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy campaign, so I'm going to go get that, which has five more, you know, villains to fight against and a few Guardian of the Galaxy um, heroes in it. Like, would you keep buying stuff for this game to play more of it possibly uh i want to keep playing because i haven't even i've only played two of the heroes on there and so far i've had fun i need to up the difficulty a little bit um also i think i've decided i'm not really a huge solo gamer like obviously i'll do it and i did but i have more fun playing with people and if i could convince Carmen to play this game with me and it's a co-op game so it's not like we're playing against each other or anything if she gets into it and then we start liking that um I could totally see us um doing that and like buying more packs does she like the Marvel movies yeah she likes the Marvel movies I think you might have a pretty good chance of getting her into this then because when you're playing two player you can actually use your actions on other people's turns um they have to ask you like hey can you do an action and then it's like oh yeah i can do this thing and you you don't have to play close-handed you can just play open-handed as well totally open-handed yeah yep so you i think she might actually not be completely put off by it because you are working together and because you are going against a particular thing together and trying to figure out how this you still are probably going to build the decks and make sure that you know she's not going to do that part most likely but I think she'd actually have fun playing the game because it is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, once you kind of watch a video and then I could explain it. And like when you're playing a game, you're like, okay, I think I understand what's going on here. One thing I wish it kind of had, because I did watch a uh, watch it played where the guy was playing as two heroes. Um, there doesn't, there's no kind of team up ability. And I think, I really think there should be. I, maybe that later on there are. Packs. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's not later acts per se. Um, but so what you're playing is the very first iteration. Um, there's been about, I think they're in their fourth generation. Um, I don't know what they call them, but essentially the fourth wave, that's what they call them waves of heroes. And the heroes actually get more and more like there's actually cards that call team up. If you have this person and this person and you play this card, it becomes something better. Um, so as, as your characters get further along in these camp, like as the game matured, um, you have a lot more options there. So. All right, so that's Marvel Champions. And we're already almost to time, but I'm going to still do Arkham Horror anyway. <laughs> um, I'll do this a little bit quickly because I've talked about Arkham Horror a lot. But I want to talk about the revised core set. And I have it sitting right next to me, as I think all of us have had this sitting right next to us as we've been talking about this. I own two copies of everything Arkham Horror and three copies of many things Arkham Horror. And I can't tell you how many copies of the original core I own of Arkham Horror. Um, mostly because as soon as the revise was announced, I bought up every um, old version of the core as I could find. The reason for that, and you'll see this in uh, Lord of the Rings, and you'll see this in Marvel Champions. There are the way that the scenario decks are built, or the villain decks, or whatever you want to call them, they use. Um, like card uh, packs, essentially. It's like, take this set and this set and this set and combine them, and that creates the scenario. Well, Marvel or Arkham Horror does the same thing. And what I do anytime I get a new campaign is I buy in an, another core so that I can take out those sets from the core and put them and store them with my campaign. So I don't have to have the same scenario or like the same micro sets you know, floating between all my campaigns, I can use one for it. Anyway, I just, I own too much Arkham Horror. When I open up the the Arkham Horror revised core, though, the first thing that caught my eye was there's five pre-made decks. Every investigator shrink-wrapped in its own deck is the is the core deck for that. It's like the recommended deck for it. So if I want to play the Guardian, which is um, Roland, I can just open it up and play. These decks aren't optimized. They're one of everything versus two of everything. But they give you a great feel for these different characters. And you don't have to do anything. You just open it up. The other thing I noticed right away is the very first scenario, which they call the gathering, is also all put together in one shrink wrap pack. And the next two scenarios, because this box has three different scenarios, it's um, a campaign, are also shrink wrapped in their own things. But you'll have to, you'll actually have to transfer these little subs, um, card sets between the scenarios. But that's okay because once you've played the first one, You now need to learn how to build a scenario anyway. But most of that building is already done for you. That aspect alone was phenomenal. The other thing, and I mentioned on the revise for um, Lord of the Rings, I don't know for Lord of the Rings if it's all the original cards or not, but I know for Arkham Horror, they added a few cards that weren't in the original core set. Cards that have become staples um, since they've been released. And that was nice to see in here. So if you get the core set for Arkham Horror, you're just good to go. Also, the tokens, to- tokens, the tokens, <laughs> the tokens. I have the tokens. You have the tokens. I have the tokens. <laughs> the tokens um, token? in the set. <laughs> yeah, they they revised those. So now there's like more tokens in the set versus the original core, which gives you like three of's and five of tokens for resources and damage and things like that. This set and it's a full storage box. Like you can fit everything in it. Now, if you open it up, it's it's. Oh, I would say about maybe 20% of the box is taken up with cards and the other 80% is empty. 
And I think that's kind of the case for all of these games. It's like, yeah. here's, here's, here's 20% yeah. of, yeah, and 80% air. Hint, hint. But you appreciate, yeah, you appreciate that 80% error once you start buying the expansions and, and buying extra content. Um, I love this core, this, this revised core. I think that I may just give this as Christmas gifts this year to everybody because it's, it's awesome. The Learn to Play book, which we mentioned, all three of these have a Learn to Play book. The Learn to Play book in this is pretty straightforward. My only complaint with it is the first two or three pages are talking about game, like types of cards or game, you know, definitions or something like that. Definitions before context are useless to me. I just don't like seeing that. Show me the game. Show me the setup, show me a turn, and then give me the definitions at the end. Because when you give me those definitions early, I'm already lost. And I don't like that aspect of it. But that's more of just like a how people learn thing versus um, anything else. Some other people might love it. Um, but yeah, if you have not played Arkham Horror and you've heard me talk about it and you're like, uh, I really kind of want to try it out, get this revised core set. It's phenomenal. It's just like everything you need, you can tweak your decks. There's, um, if you want to, you'd be tearing down some decks and putting them back together, but you don't even need to do that. Just play the five decks that are in there and get a good feel for everything and make sure the first scenario you play. And I, and I, this is probably the same for actually this. I know this is a chain for, for, uh, Marvel champions because Rhino is about as basic as you can get. And once you've learned to play the game, you'll probably never play Rhino again. Like he's that just straightforward lord of the rings i'm guessing is going to be very similar and the gathering which is the first set here is so much on rails this is teaching you how to play the game uh if you get the return to the gather a return to night of the zealot which is what the first boxes campaign is called that actually makes that first scenario something that's that's real but the difference between the first scenario where you're exploring a house and the second scenario which you're exploring a town and the third scenario where you're in the forest trying to keep the cultists from summoning this elder god they're so different all in that one box that you just play through all three of them and understand like how different these things can go and how different they they can be and then all of the campaigns after it are just every single one of them just feels the tone of the campaign is so different how they work it it's it's there's just so much there and you know kitty you mentioned earlier i was never into cthulhu i'm still not really i'm definitely not into any lovecraft writing that i i can't stand writing that's more than 20 years old i'm not going to read anything that's 100 years old but i love the way these stories progress i love the character progression in the decks because between unlike the two games you guys talked about Arkham Horror has character progression between each of the scenarios in the campaign. You will have experience that you can level up your characters with. With Arkham, with Marvel Champions and Lord of the Rings, you build your deck to take on a scenario. With Arkham Horror, it feels much more like a campaign and, and like a role-playing type of aspect to it. And I just love everything about it. It's just so good. Um, it's hard, but even if you fail, you keep moving forward until you don't. And it's just... I love it. I just love it. And this set, the revised core, I only will ever have one of them probably. Um, but I had to get it because even though I've had so many of the original cores, I'm like, what's in this that I don't have? And it's the alternate art. It's alternate art on the investigator cards. Nothing else is different, just the art. But I'm like, I have to have that. So that is... Collect I them think all. This is pr- yeah, you got to collect them all. I think this is part one of 
the this conversation. I don't know when part two are going to come along. Probably right on the same time we do part two on Lego. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm curious. I want Kitty to play a few games, and I'm curious to see what expansions you guys are drawn to next in your specific games. Also, Fletcher, I'm super curious to see if you can get Carmen into this. Um, yeah, me and too. The way I would do that is like, Carmen, what's your favorite? Marvel champion or Marvel hero, and then just go out and buy that deck and then just give her that deck so that she can play that. And it's like, Oh, I really like black widow. Okay. Let's get you the black widow deck. And well, you're cutting deep there. <laughs> you're like black widow. I, I don't, I don't know. It could be whatever. There's like practically every single one of them. I don't, I don't know where they keep pulling them from at this point. Actually, they just announced the X-Men. So they have guarding it. Galaxy X-Men is coming out next. Um, so there's I'm not sure. tons of I'm stuff sure. there. I'm not sure uh, Carmen knows that um, Scarlett Johansson's like Marvel name is Black Widow. Just be like uh, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> whoever that is. Yep. Done. And then Kitty, I want to hear the next. I like when you buy that first revised expansion and play through that. <clears throat> so the revised edition expansions; these are the deluxe boxes that I am seeing. Deluxe expansion. So the deluxe expansion are the first box of the cycle. So you get the deluxe, and then there's going to be six packs that come along with them. Anything that says revised on it will be, the, and they should come in twos. One will be the revised player cards, and one will be the revised campaigns. And that will be two separate SKUs, but obviously one will be for building decks, and the other one's for playing scenarios. I don't know what the next one is for Lord of the Rings, or if they've announced it yet. Um, I haven't seen it, but... The only thing I'm seeing here looking on Cool Stuff Inc., which is just what my brain pulled up, is it looks like there's a pre-order for the Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't even want to try to say. Um, Agmar Awakened Campaign Expansion is what's coming out next. Agmar? That- is that the name of the sword? I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that might be because... Yeah, if it's saying campaign expansion, I think it might be um, exactly that. Uh, because you said, um, left expansions. Um. Okay, yeah. So this expansion includes all the scenarios featured in the Lost Realms and original um, Agmar Awakened cycle. Now repackaged into one box along with all new campaign content. Yeah. So that that's it. This is the only other new thing. And it's coming out mm, in two months. Yeah, so that is the one. I'm looking at it right now, same thing. Um, and then th- there's a hero expansion that will have all the cards, and then there's a campaign expansion that will have all of the campaign-y pieces of it. So, so yeah, we don't have a million emails. I just looked up Angmar, and it's a realm. It's an it's like a location in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Excellent. What is the all right, on that word? So, I should know this. On that we'll note, get, I'm sorry. we are going... <laughs> No, we're ending this episode. We're going to revisit this again when you guys actually have this in hand and you've played a few more games, um, probably in a few weeks. So on that note, Kitty, Fletcher, take us out. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be a part of our live recording (laughs) some other week because it's just us tonight. Christopher dropped off. (laughs) 
But normally we're here Monday nights at 8.30 Central, or you can join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in our show notes. You can email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. Or there's a link in the show notes too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Michael Finley, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Eric, Glenn Cotter, Eric Solander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Support news world to us, past, present, and future. Till next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Kitty, are you actually going to play this game? I am 100% going to play this game. And it's very funny because my son is definitely genetically related to me and my father because we were watching this video. (laughs) And he looks and he goes, Mom, you can't play the game. You need the bowls to put your pieces in. (laughs) He's already encouraging me to buy accessories to go with this game. I've taught him well. (laughs) Oh, I love it.